Welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. Bringing you fishing tips, gear reviews, tournament news, and more. Featured guests from all over the nation. Now, one hour of live streaming via Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Here's your host, John Rapp. All right, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. So we got four folks on here tonight. I'm hoping my chat display will show up. So if you don't get, if you can do me a favor, hit like, hit share, follow, and on that screen where you see the little metal plate, hopefully, uh, yeah, there it goes. It's popping up. I see some chat. So hopefully you guys can read that when people make chats and we can comment and share. This is an interactive show. Garrett, thank you from Romney, West Virginia for showing up. we got five viewers out there. So uh, who else we got? Heath, thank you, brother. But anyway, um, as you can hear in the background, we got Chris. Um, and we got a good show for you here tonight. Uh, Chris and I were uh, sending messages back, and uh, I asked him, I said, hey, what do you want to talk about? And he says, dreamers and doers. And uh, he went in to elaborate about dreamers and doers, as in kayak anglers who actually give up the ghost, and all they do is fish kayak fishing tournaments for a living, and versus dreamers who want to do it but haven't done it, and we're going to talk about the reasons why and all the intricacies that go in behind it. So before we get into that, I want to show you guys something here. Um, Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast is on Anchor FM, and you guys can find our conversations uh, out there now. Uh, been up about 10 days. As you can see, we've had 56 plays we got 19 different people listening to Chris and I talk about things and all the other uh, different guests that we've had on our shows. Right now we've got season two up and uh, once this show's over tonight, I'll either get it uploaded tonight or no later than tomorrow. So uh, when you're driving down the road you gotta, or you're out in the garage working on something, kick on your uh, radio to your po favorite podcast and Listen to Chris and I and everyone else's conversations. So, let's get back at it here, man. Let's introduce Chris. And there he is, my folks. He is uh, in the mad kitchen. He is all... I don't know what, what he's a little scary right now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Trying to take a little better care of myself. Uh, you know the fumes; they get built up and everything, and whatever. Anyway, you, man. Trying to trying to wear the gas mask when I can. Uh, I shot a couple of TikTok videos with it on, and people were like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a couple of those here that you've shared on your Facebook page lately. So you got yeah. you you're, you're really uh making a, a a nice move on that platform, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, TikTok's good. We've got uh, 
I don't know, 2,400 people or something like that following us now. It's uh, it's doing pretty good for something that I once deemed was uh, for the kids. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of anglers on that app. A lot of anglers on that app. I'm gonna so. have to. I think I may have to break down and jump on there. Hey, speaking yeah. of which, speaking of apps, um, I'm gonna show the folks here. I got you on the side screen now, Chris, and uh, go back to Edge here. Uh, I just uh, started reactivated our Twitter account, my Twitter account, back in July. <laughs> uh, after I uh, got on there and I got a little po too political and I was really bantering. That, that was my my bashing page. So I, I went and completely wiped it clean, restarted it since we started the show, and I've been sharing a lot of fishing content. But I thought you'd cool. like to know what Hank Vagan said about you there. Um, I don't know if you have Twitter, but he said, uh, I, I posted the show and I said, this should be interesting. Chris is a great speaker and he's also an accomplished writer in the fishing industry. So yeah. just want you to know that you got some love from my, my boy down in North yeah. Carolina. Well, Hank, I've known Hank for a long time, and, uh, you know, he, he wrote some fantastic pieces uh, for us when we had KBF Mag, and uh, that's how I got to know him. And then uh, he came out and fished Toledo Bend with us and uh, some other stuff here in Texas. And so uh, Hank is a consummate professional, and I, I hold him in high regard, and so those are very nice words from somebody I respect greatly in the industry. Excellent, man. Well, guys, Chris Payne from Payne Outdoors on the show. He's in the mag kitchen, and we got uh, some serious conversation that we're going to work on here tonight. Um, so, uh, uh, let's see. We've got George, George Jeff Parrott says, good to see you guys. Brian Schiller, what up, Big Daddy? Jonathan Carr, what up, what up guys? Mikey Holcomb, what up, wonderful people? Hey, Chris, so I don't know if you, you were watching the, the other day, but I actually have uh, Twitter, or I'm sorry, Twitch and Facebook now streaming on our live stream. So when guys make, right. make comments, we that'll be up there for them to see. So make sure you guys, Chris and I, this is interaction, interactive. We want to hear and see what you guys are wanting to talk about. Right now we got 11 viewers, so make sure you like and share. Right. Um, but uh, let's, let's, let's look at this. Let me, let me take you guys back to another scene here. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get an introduction scene. Heard that scene. Heard that scene. That's the scene I want. And I, I want to talk about that survey you guys went out and looked at today. Um, let's get focused on Focus Edge here. And I've got the survey up here, folks. Uh, poll for pages is what we used. Okay, so... And I appreciate everybody that went out and answered the poll. Quite a few guys from West Virginia. And I, after Chris and I, uh, I sent that message to you last night, and you're like, hey, this is what I want to talk about. And I'm like, I, thought, I, I threw together this quick poll. I'm like, okay, let's, just, let's get a few answers to a few questions to see what people think. And uh, uh, it, it capped out at 40 for us because after that, they want you to pay for the app. Um, so I'm like, nah, I'm not paying for it. But the, the extra four people that actually uh, responded that got locked out, I can't see what you said, but hey, you know what? Thank you for, for jumping in. Um, but uh, the stats on it were, were pretty nice. We had actually uh, 65 people look at the poll, 
and 46 people were brave enough to answer it. <laughs> so we had uh, uh, everybody from the U.S., 4.3% uh, from Maryland, Ohio, Virginia, 6.5% out of Illinois, uh, Texas. Florida had 8%. Pennsylvania was 10%. And West Virginia was close to 40 So, um, But here were the questions, guys, for uh, that we that we posed to you. Um, and uh, not, not real difficult questions. But the first one was we had, how long have you been uh, fishing kayak tournaments? And your answers were 1 to 3, 3 to 5, 5 to 10, or more than 10 years. I would say that one question that was more than 10 years, if I knew you answered that, Chris, it would have been you. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I didn't think you did. But we had, no. uh, it, it was pretty much split down the, the, the even, 13, 13, 12, and 1. So we've got a good mix of uh, rookies or guys new to the kayak fishing experience and some guys that have been around and then some old timers. Um, Next question was, uh, rank your favorite tournament trails. And um, most, most people went with the, their state and local trails. Uh, and then two and three were KBF and Hobie. Bass got ranked fourth. And then uh, the two newer entities uh, that I threw in were the Kayak Bass League, which is a team fishing league. And the All-American Tournament Trail out of uh, the mid Midwestern states that uh, uh, Joshua runs uh, got got some got some votes there. Uh, the other question was, how much are you willing to pay in entry fees to get a quality payout for 100-person field? So uh, the top vote getter was the $100 minimum. Uh, 13 votes for 200. Five votes for 300. And we had uh, deep pockets. Three people were willing to pay over 300 to go fish a tournament. So you figure what? Hobie now is uh, entry fees are right around 265, 250, 275-ish. Um, I'm not sure what KBF is right now for their trails. And these are the questions that um, I, I figured that we we would talk about Chris a little bit. We, and we've talked yep. about this back in the day is do you think kayak trails, tournament trails should include incentive monies to increase purses without adding to your entry fees? And uh, folks, what that means is your tournament director and your, your organizers went out and reached out to Texas, uh, Exxon, uh, Texas steakhouse, um, Bass Pro Shops, Paint Outdoors. I don't know who they are. That's a little company, but you know, but they, but oh. they, but you know, I'm jerk. <laughs> but you know, and they say, hey, we're going to hold this tournament, and uh, we want you to be a sponsor. We've got these packages. Uh, would you be interested in providing cash to go toward first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place? Um, if they have or we can verify they have your products in the boat. And so Paint Outdoors might say, okay, yeah. And he's already sort of doing that with the West Virginia Kayak Anglers this year. He's he's sponsoring that trail, and he's, he's, he's giving the baits out to the person, I believe, that was the first out of the money. Um, 
Yeah, who was first out of the money? I'll have to find that out for you because we had 67, so it should be eighth place. Cause we Make paid sure it. they send me send me eighth place, whoever I'll, that is. Just send them my way. Tell them send me a message. I'll I will. Got gotcha. you. Um, it almost was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, but so trying to get back to my point here is that these guys, these tournament directors and they, they reach out and they get money promised to them. And uh, so if, if you finish first, second, third place, and you have something on your boat, and Chris can understand this because back when he helped run KBF, this is one of the things that they did uh, oh, yeah. that I thought was successful um, back in the day before they turned it into, I don't know if it was called bonus bucks when you were there, but it was... Uh, Sponsor dollars. Yeah, it was, but it became what... KBF calls bonus bucks bonus now. Bucks. Yep. yep. So, yep. and then you have, would you be willing to have your equipment inspected at check-in to verify what you have on your kayak for incentive monies? Uh, that was a huge 90% yes. Yeah. I, the four guys who answered no, what are you doing? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Uh, how far are you? Um, yeah, exactly. How far from home are you willing to travel for a chance for a ten thousand dollar check? And sixty percent said they drive over three hundred miles. So, yeah. West Virginia, all you companies out there, if you want to get these guys to come here to West Virginia, you need to be talking to Greg Kupfner at WVKA and say, "Hey, you hold a tournament, I will give you cash." To get them here. Um, all right. Do you feel the official pre-fishing should be limited to only the week prior to the tournament? Mm. That was a three quarters yes, a quarter no. Yeah. Motors or no motors? Uh, three quarters yes, quarter no. And yep. then I, 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 got a, I went out and asked who what they fished from. Um, of course, me being a feel-free guy, most of the people that I know or, or sent stuff to was feel-free. But I, you got Kobe, New Canoe, other brand, Native, Old Town, Jackson, Bonafide, and Wilderness all represented. Yeah. And do you run a motor? Which really surprised me here. Uh, it was almost 50-50 split. So, yep. anyway, the... That was our poll, guys. Uh, I thank you guys for jumping in and, and, and jumping in with that on us. And uh, let's talk about that, Chris. Yeah. Um, so, doers and dreamers, we'll start with that. Um, I think doers and dreamers is an extension of expensive boat, cheap boat, or DIY versus pre-made. Right? So, uh, let me give you an example of... DIY versus that and we'll build up to that. So do I know where to find a milk crate that gallon jugs of milk are stored in? Yes, I do. I have a grocery store near me. Could I get one of those and put tackle boxes in it? Yes, I could. And could I do it to where I could brag online that I did it for zero dollars and everybody else is stupid for spending money on a black pack? I could. And there are people who do that, right? Um there are also people who choose to have what they consider a superior product that is buy once, cry once, and 
it won't fail on them. It has other advantages that a standard milk crate does not have. And they don't mind paying for a high quality product. I think what, what we're starting to see a little bit of as we move. So then we expand it to kayaks, right? Let's get out of kayak accessories. Let's go to kayaks. Now, when we're looking at kayaks, you still have those guys who are like, you know, so at Jackson, we launched the NAR this week, right? We launched the Mark IV pedal drive. It's a new belt-driven system. It's 12 to 1 gear ratio. It's a works in salt, works in fresh water. I mean, it's 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 the best drive that we've ever done. And uh, you know, it's a it's a pop-up prop that you know is fine with you know different deflections and stuff like that on a great boat. Tons of space and super st- stable. And so I've been pushing out that content as we've been doing that, as a national team member does, right? Right, right. Um, and um, in, in that process, I have, you know, friends on my timeline who are like, ouch, $4,200 for a kayak. I paid $200 for my kayak. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to be a kayak for every man. Right. That's not how high-end tournament-level kayaks work. Right? It's just like I can go buy a car for $500 that can get me from point A to point B most days. Is it comfortable? Usually not. Is it reliable? Usually not. Is it something that you're going to take in extreme conditions? Usually not. Right. right. And so it's all in what you're willing to spend. That takes us to dreamers and doers. So can you fish a local, local kayak trail for 20 bucks? Yeah, probably. De- definitely, yep. Probably so, but you know, there are a lot of people who consider themselves good, um, who are basically living out of a camper or couch surfing or living out of their van or, you know, a truck or whatever it is that are traveling the country, chasing KBFs and Hobies and all the different trails and making a decent living at it. Right, I think so. The numbers I saw last year are, I think, a couple of the top earners made a little over seventy thousand gross last year. Right, and so for a lot of people, and especially people who might make ten or twelve bucks an hour, seventy thousand dollars to fish for a living sounds awesome. And those are our dreamers. They're like, I I want to do that. I love to do that. Um, and then the doers who make the investment to do that. Now, there's a caveat to this, right? We can't all be we can't all be doers because some of us have made other life choices, right? So, I am married to a woman who does not uh, want to fish professionally or tag along with me as I do. Right. Right. She likes getting in the kayak and doing some wreck stuff, but. As far as saying, honey, we're going to live out of a van and we're going to travel all over the U.S. and take our two kids in tow, right? Different life stages, right? So if you look at these guys that are chasing these trails, many, many, many of them are single or in a relationship that they are doing this with their partner. Right. If that makes sense, right? That's right. So that's an easier way to do it, right? There's nobody left alone at home. It's not like the Bass Tour world. Now, there's a few of those, 
um, who have really, really, really understanding uh, partners. Um, but I will tell you that's that's going to be fairly short lived for most of them if they're not bringing home seventy thousand dollars a year doing yeah. it. Yeah. Right. If if you're going out and you're spending money, and, and here's what prompted me to think of this, John, is um, I was in my local tackle shop, National Athletic Supply here in Belton. And um, we have we have a few FLW and Bass Pro guys from this area, uh, you know, elite series trail guys that fish in power boats, right, all over the country, and they do pretty decent at it. Uh, Frank Talley, if anybody knows that name, he is from right here where I'm from. Um, but one of these guys was in the bait shop the other day, and the question came up, you know, are you planning on traveling to here or doing this or fishing this? And, and he's like, yeah, but without my sponsor dollars, it wouldn't be possible. Exactly. And it's like, Oh really? So what was your bill? And he's like, if I had to write the check for it last year, my expenses to fish on the trail were $276,000. Oh. Yeah, do the math on that, right? Oh, hey, and that's not even considering the inflation from this year in the gas right. prices. Oh, right, that's goodness. when gas was two dollars a gallon. So yeah. you you can just imagine where that's sitting this year. So, you know, if if we look at one of these guys that made seventy grand, right? The doers, they're out there doing it. They're living somebody's dream, whether it's theirs or somebody else's. They don't know yet. But they're out there doing it, right? Okay. Well, you're probably going to put close to 30,000 miles on a vehicle. Right. Right? At Every bit 15 of miles to the gallon. That's 2,000 gallons of gas that you're going to go through. Uh, 2,000 gallons of gas, fast math, at $4 a pot. Well, that's eight grand in mm-hmm. fuel. Mm-hmm. Food is not associated with that. Right. Right. You're on the you're on the road 180 days, uh, just because all of these guys are pre-fishing and moving, you know, here and there. And so, if you figure conservatively thirty dollars a day by 180, that's another fifty-four hundred dollars, right? Is that right? Five hundred four. Yeah, carry the one fifty-four hundred dollars. All right, so we're up to thirteen thousand four hundred. Right. We've not talked about entry fees yet. Let's round entry fees up to three hundred dollars, just because it's easier than that, right? And you're yeah. going to fish ten events. That's another three grand, and, right? And that's just the one trail. Let's go with. There's ten for KBF, ten for Hobie. Those okay, are, so let's, are, let's call it six six thousand dollars in entry fees, right? So now we're up to twenty thousand dollars that's taken off of that. Do you have a truck payment? I don't know. A lot of them do. Most likely. Right. Right. It so goes back to that reliability thing that you were talking about earlier. Right. If you're going to drive 30,000 miles, you either need to be a mechanic or you need to have <laughs> a reliable vehicle. So now we're at, now we're at you know, $500 a month by, well, 12 months because you have to pay for the thing a whole year, even if it's sitting in the driveway. That's another six grand a year. Yep. So we've taken $26,000 off of that 70. Now, now we're sitting at, what is that? 40, 44. Mm-hmm. Is, is that math right? 44,000. Right. So 70,000 yep. 70, became 44,000 all of a sudden. 
and and you're talking twenty one dollars an hour because you work an average of twenty eighty hours. So at at a, at a regular job, well, there's a lot of jobs right now that pay twenty dollars an hour. Uh, we haven't even talked about cell phones yet. Hundred dollars a month. You got to put right? up. You got to plant those pictures on Turny X somehow. There's another twelve hundred bucks, right? Mm -hmm. We've not talked about insurance on your vehicle. We've not talked about insuring your boat, right? We've not talked about your fishing gear. Mm -hmm. So sponsorships become a key, key, key part of all of this to be able to offset those costs. Because if you're purely paying for it out of your pocket, and if you're winning at the top levels, at the top levels, you're placing top tens, all the time, top threes, all the time, and you're going to cash seventy to a hundred thousand dollars. You're going to spend a minimum of fifty percent of that just in expenses. Well, let's let's look at that, okay? Hobie just had their event. I believe is it. I, I can't pronounce it. Is it called Eufolia? Eufala. Eufala. Okay. The yeah. first place was a ten thousand dollar paycheck. Uh, yeah. Third place was only two grand. So, I mean, if even if you only fish third or or below, you're you better not, win. You better win. <laughs> and and if you remember, uh, I I think you were on that episode when we had the paddle and fin, the fantasy league, and we were talking yeah. about the monies, how they ranked our anglers for the kayak fantasy league for this year, was based yep. off money winnings from last year. I mm -hmm. think there were only six or seven guys total that had over $50,000 in winnings. I think that's yeah. high. I'm thinking it was over 40, but, uh, um, so, you know, I, I, I think that that's, that's lost on some people, right? It is. Yeah. About how important sponsorships are. Here's the other thing. And I think, um, they've done a wonderful job at being able to create this, um, lifestyle around what they want to do and that's christine fisher because she works with a marketing company that writes press releases and all of that kind of stuff and she's able to do that from wherever she's at well that's a good way because you've got to work from home you can work nights you know you can as long as you're hitting your deadlines and stuff like that and able to take some meetings and and whatnot, it gives you the flexibility to be wherever you need to be. Um, unfortunately, you have to be pretty good at that stuff to be able to land a job doing that that pays a decent wage. And not everybody is cut out for that. Um, but Christine is. She's, she's a rarity when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, so... That's another option to just straight sponsorship dollars is to have a paycheck that's constantly deposited in your bank account. I think the key that all of these guys will tell you, every one of these guys that I know lives pretty simply. They're because they want to go fish these trails and they want to do this as a living and it's a, it's a fun thing for them and they're chasing this and, and it's doing that. I don't know of any of those guys that are living in, you know, eight bedroom houses with five bathrooms and, and driving, you know, $150,000 tow vehicle and trailer setups. Like, I just don't know that that exists for these guys that are chasing the trail. Now those guys will show up as your dreamer on a weekend series, you know, 
you follow us close to home, I'll yeah. show up and I'll jack, I'll jackpot fish. But that's a whole different story, right? Let's, let's different, get, different. Yeah, I I was uh, looking at some of the um, stuff for like YouTube and, and like some of these folks, Edwin Evers. Uh, yeah. And um, well, I mean, Gene Jensen's probably the best well-known money maker making money in a, from a kayak, but he started in a big boat. And uh, mm-hmm. but like. Uh, if you want to be able to talk about your reach to the public to a sponsor, KBF has a community page that has 47,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayak Bass Nation's got 14,000. Hobie Bass Open Series is only at right at 6,000. So like Christine Fisher is an example to, to, to monetize anything that she does through YouTube posting to those pages to reach maybe 60,000 anglers. She's got to hope that she can get 10, you know, 10% of that would be 6,000. And that's not, that's not even the pay for dinner. No. And, and like, uh, that's, that's only going to quit. And if that's over a year period, she's not even, there's, there's no money there. There's maybe five grand over a year. If, if that much. It's, um, so the the problem is YouTube is is saturated and the algorithm keeps changing. Yep. I remember when you used to have you used to have to have a hundred subscribers to monetize. Right. And then it went to a thousand, and then it went to four thousand, and then it went to ten thousand. And there are more and more people that keep jumping on the train, and then more and more people get frustrated with it because they're like, "Well, I can't get this." Well, there are there are backhanded ways to get to those subscriber numbers to be able to monetize but the backhanded ways don't get you view content which gets you paid exactly and so you have to build it organically which is a slow process and many of the people are looking for a quick turn so that they can pay for things they want now and they don't realize this is a seven-year growth <laughs> growth curve to be able to get to where it's doing anything yeah, yeah um, you have to be persistent and you have to stay there and work hard because it's and, not going to come And people overnight. have to like you. You you can't you can't just talk to a camera and expect to get paid. Like there are a lot of people that do that. But if you're not if you're not charming or interesting or bringing something different to to the landscape, nobody want to listen to you. Ah, uh, right. you're bringing my quote up. <laughs> Let me, All right, keep keep talking while I find it because I've, I've I've been saving this one. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I talk to people all the time who are like, "Hey, man, how do how do I do what you do?" And I was like, "What do you think I do?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you've got like a website and you make baits and and you make money doing it." And I'm like, "I work." <laughs> you do understand that I work at a large hospital system, right? <laughs> and they're like, "You do?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like that's how I. This this job, what I look to do in the outdoor industry is break even. I don't want to have to pay for fishing equipment or fishing lures or any of that stuff. I want to generate enough money to buy what I want, and that's it. Break even, right? Not take anything away from my mortgage money is what I call it, right? If I never have to touch that work paycheck for fishing stuff, I'm ahead of the game. Yes. So, yeah, don't... I. I don't, and 
I don't know that I've ever told anybody that, but I think there are a lot of assumptions made, right? Um, so, Always. like a lot of people, a lot of people watch Greg Blanchard, right? He is well known, right? But he's a healthcare worker that travels the U.S. That's why he's fishing on the West Coast, fishing on the East Coast. It's wherever the assignment is that he's taken, right? And so, you know, a lot of us have other jobs. Uh, I think Ryan Lambert and Jeff Mallett both work in healthcare or did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, doing different various things. And, you know, different guys work for power companies. And, like, Dwayne Wally was, like, a working with forklifts in a warehouse for a long time. Uh, I can't remember if he was, like, a warehouse manager or operations manager or what he was doing uh, down there in Mississippi. But, like, a lot of people see you in the outdoor space and automatically assume oh, well, that's what you do, and I want to do that. The hell you don't. Yeah, I know there was a lot of times I would talk to Dwayne, and he would have a hard hat on and a harness. Yeah. So yep. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. man, what are you into, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't find that. I must have passed over it somewhere, but it, it had a lot to do with what you said. You know, it, be, if you're not there, be missed. If you're there and you're not observed, then something's not right. You know, you're not making yeah. a difference. You're not making a difference if you're there, but if you're missed, if you're not there and you're missed, and you're making a difference somewhere. So, yeah. Um, so, so here's what I wanted to get to with the dreamers and the doers conversation. There's space for everybody to do whatever they'd like to do. I stopped traveling to faraway tournaments um, a few years ago. Um, I just don't do it. I I won't travel more than 100 miles from my house now because I don't want to do the lodging. I don't want to be away from my family that long. Here, here's a little secret. I don't pre-fish any of my tournaments. I, I don't. And sometimes I win and sometimes I lose, but... You know, I I don't have the time, and tournaments now are a whole lot more about the camaraderie and yeah. hanging out. And I and I think there's a there's an art to it, right? And so people are well, you're just not competitive. You don't have that competitive spirit. Come uh, yeah. come find me. Yeah. Like yeah. let's like like let's sit down and talk because I will get competitive with you over who can tell the longest story, over who can hold their breath the longest over who has the longest feet or who can fart the longest. I mean, like, I will find something to compete with you about. But the, the reality for me is I'm at a different stage in my life, right? I'm, I'm, I'm an older guy. I've got a kid going to college next year. Like, I'm, I'm not the young buck I used to be and be able to go all these places. I've got major shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And I don't quite frankly i just don't want to chase that stuff because the way the landscape is set up now is if you're not a local on a lake and it's a big national event you better pre-fish four to ten days ahead of time if you're going to be able to really pattern those fish you have to fish like a guide and you're guiding yourself right to really get it locked in and here, here's the biggest thing. Right now, there are no regulations on information sharing between parties. 
And so you have traveling groups of people who all go to different areas and scout them out. And then they, they game plan together. It's a traveling team without being a traveling team. Well, a single individual can't compete against that. No. Oh, no. No. It's, it's too hard. And so you've either got to network and, and play the game that way. Or if you're anti-playing the game that way, you're going to have to put in five times the amount of work everybody else does. Oh, I, I remember very vividly all the bad-mouthing that came out after the first KBF National Championship when Matt Ball yeah. won because Mountain State Kayak Anglers came down with 20 people. Yeah. And we all shared a house, and we all fished, mm-hmm. and we all came back, and we talked about our days. So mm-hmm. when you got 20 people there talking about their days, of what was hitting that, what was hitting this, you know. Mm-hmm. I finished 19th. Uh, another guy finished 18th. Uh, I mean, we had three yeah. guys in the top 20. You develop patterns. And until that's against the rule, that's a competitive advantage. Yeah. Use it until they tell you you can't use it. And there's going to be some people that are sour about that. I, I can't see the comments, so I don't know if anybody gives a rip. But um, that's one of the things that I hear, you know, in some of these large events. And they're like, well, the same people keep, you know, winning and stuff. Well, number one, maybe they're better than you, right? Like, if I run a race 50 times and I get beat 49 times, that guy's probably just faster than me. Quite right? possibly, quite possibly. Or Here's the other thing. Better they have better trainers. Better, they have yeah. better equipment. They have they have better practice habits. They have better discipline. They have better health. They they're built differently. It's right. So many variables that could be thrown into that. And you yeah. Hit, you hit on quite a few of them right there. And so you know it, it's uh, you just got to really decide how to keep it fun for you, right? Fun should still be the name of the game, because let me tell you, if you want to, if you want to get pissed off, if you want to get angry about something, just go competitive fish for a while and not place. And and, and then look, and when you sit down at the end of the year and you calculate those numbers that we just calculated, and uh-huh. you're like, you're like, oh. So, so there's a there's a reason why when I hang out with those guys in in Tennessee, that they when they see me coming, they know I got a cooler full of Mountain drink. Uh, you know, for, for one reasons, mountain hey, Mountain drink. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's Mountain drink. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have some fun. And two, yeah. I'm trying to sabotage a little bit of the competition, so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Competitive advantage. I, you know, I, I had my first experience with that at a get together in 2013. Um, there was a uh, a tournament that was going to happen on Saturday morning, uh, but everybody wanted to camp out Friday night. Everybody goes down to the river and has a good time. We're allowed to pre-fish and. Uh, people fish till dark and then uh, they come off the water and then the barbecue pits and you know or the campfires and like and the grates get thrown out and then the alcohol starts flowing and that next morning so there were 45 people at this event 
there were only 12 who made it to their kayaks in the morning. At, 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 the, at the start off line? At the 6 a.m. Yep. kickoff? <laughs> yep. Well, Brian Schiller's been watching the show. I know he's on there. Mikey Holcomb's making a comment. Let's see. Uh, Brian said it's took PNF two years of uploading seven plus days a week to get over 1K subs. Um, yeah. Tons of, tons and tons of work. Yeah. And guess what? Brian ain't living in no five-bedroom house because of paddling fan. No. He's doing the work. He's putting in the legwork. He's building his foundation for his giant house and expanding out those forms. But he knows it's a long game. And speaking and, of which, kudos there, Brian, for the, the BendingBranches.com article that uh, gave you yeah. and the PNF guys a lot of uh, – uh, a lot, love, of love. lot of love for your, what you guys do on your network of podcast shows. Um, El- Elvis Lee and Michael Radnair, no smallies today. The bass have pulled back because of the cold front. Elvis just got off work, work up in Minnesota. He's tuning in. And Mikey hey, said... What, what's a cold front? I, uh, is, that a, <laughs> is, that a, is that a beverage? Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, let's see. And then uh, Mikey said, until there are rules against it, it's an incredible, valuable tool. And that's regarding yep. the, the communication. That touches on again. People have to like you. People won't share info with people they don't like. Ah, there you go. Very nice. Very well said, Mikey Holcomb. Yes, sir. Well, uh, and you know what? And there's a good point to that. So... Mikey, Mikey called me this week, and he's like, hey, I need a favor. And I like Mikey. Mikey and I have spent some time on this very podcast. He's a good dude, yes, number one in my book. So he says, hey, can you help with this? Absolutely. What do you need? All right, let's go. Being nice can, can get you more than just tournament wins. It can also help out when a time comes up that you're trying to help some other people. Yeah. You get you moved it. up. Get you moved up. Yeah. Say, I got orders, but you know what, Mikey? What, what do you need? I'll have it out in two days, three days, you know? Layers on layers, man. Yeah. It, when you're nice to people, it the universe returns that back to you. It's called karma. Yeah, boy. Hey, he said, and continuing with what Mikey was talking about, he said it's a two-sided coin. You can't be a know-nothing leech with nothing to offer in return. Mm. Yep. Also true. Yes. L- love love his thoughts on this. Spoken spoken like a competitive angler. Um, you have to you have to give a little to get a little, right? You can't be a one way one way street. No. You got no. you gotta you gotta be able to give a little information and and you also have to be a little bit of a vault. Like I think it's important to have a conversation with guys um, about if you're gonna show them a spot, hey. I need you to hold this spot. Like this is, I don't tell anybody about this. I'm going to share it with you because you've given me some information, but I would ask you to hold this and not share it with anybody else. Right. And then if you show up and they're there with two other guys, guess what? You're done, boy. Lesson learned. Yep. You're done. Like you violate the circle of trust. Yeah. (laughs) And you're gone. So we got nine, nine viewers on here right now, now 10. Hey, guys, hit that like, follow, and share. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, 
And then we're going to come back and Chris is going to talk about what he's baking in the mad kitchen. Paint Outdoors, straight talk. An outdoor product analyst and custom soft plastic maker. Check out our reviews and products at our website, paintoutdoors.com. Feel Free Kayaks, something for everyone. Pedal, paddle, or power. We can outfit you to meet your needs. For more information, visit feelfreeus.com. Yak Jags offers all kinds of kayak accessories such as motor mounts, anchor systems, and other track-based items to make your time more enjoyable on the water. Visit their Facebook page, search Yak Gadget. Hugan Brothers Custom Tackle specializes in jigs and Ned-style lures. Brothers who know what it takes to put fish in the boat. Check out their Facebook page. Search Guggen. All right, we're back. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, we've been on for 45 minutes. we got about 15 minutes to go. And we're going to bring uh, my boy Chris back up, and let's talk a little bit about what he's got baking in the kitchen here. So, Chris, welcome back <laughs> to the show, brother. What's, what you got cooking there? So I'm actually working on pouring myself some baits for an upcoming uh, team tournament and solo tournament that are happening on the same day, on the same lake. Uh, a couple of different clubs have joined forces. Um, but I am pouring my newest worm mold um, because I think it's going to actually be pretty fantastic for the conditions. It's called the Double Tap. Uh, maybe some of you that saw that on social media, it won't be on the website until middle of May. Um, but I'll give you a sneak peek here. Um, so this is the double tap. This is a seven inch worm, right? Full bodied worm that has two kickers down here. Okay. And so when it comes through the water, it flickers almost like a paddle tail, but it's more independent than a paddle tail because it won't cause the whole bottom of the worm to flip. And so it'll stay on a straight line and just these two little guys will flick kind of like a small bluegill tail. I got you. Um, so this is actually one that, you know, you've seen me cross-cut some stuff. So this is a moody blue with a chartreuse tail on it. That's been really good uh, in the spring for me here. I, I fish a, uh, a Mr. Roboto, our robo-worm-looking mold, uh, in that same colorway. And fish just won't leave it alone. Uh, they, they're hammering it. And working on uh, working on getting my stock built up. I've got a couple more days, and then I've got to build another order uh, for that tournament. I don't want to make it too soon because I don't want it to sit too long. Right? I like my baits nice and fresh when they get to get to their owners. I got you. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're working on. Uh, I dropped a video. Uh, let me talk about a couple other baits real quick that I've been playing with that I. I don't make, um, I, I buy them. I guess I should have had this out already. So the first one is the Six Sense Sweep. And it's a swim bait, and it's paired on a Six Sense 7 aught flasher hook. Um, so this bait looks like some of the Savage gear and uh, other stuff that's out. But you'll already see it moving that boot tail. Yeah. The boot 
the boot tail moves independent of the rest of the bait because of the stabilizer fins that are on it. There are stabilizer fins here and here. And so the bait won't roll. Okay. The bait stays upright and that boot tail just just wobbles behind it. And that's made by Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. This is called the sweep. And then you can buy the you can connect it with whatever hook you want to, but they recommend the seven aught weighted. This is a three eighths ounce with a blade, uh, and it's got a screw lock uh, okay. in the nose. Nice. And there's two two of those to a pack, and so that's a that's a pretty good one that I've been fishing that I I, I dig I dig a lot. Um, and then let me show you another one that you know I saw this thing came out, and I was like ah, I don't know about that. But I fished it, and on the second cast I ever made with it, I caught a fish. Um, so I'm about it. Uh, and it's this guy. It's the Berkeley Powerbait Gilly. Yeah. And that dude, it is legit. If you've not seen uh, the videos, like, you can throw it in the water, and it will float like a dead wounded fish. And then as soon as you start pulling it, it's got, again, stabilizer fins on it. It rights itself and swims just like a paddle tail through the water, just like a fish. And then as soon as you stop it, it goes. Bloop. Nice. Ooh. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Repeat that manufacturer one more time. Oh, it's uh, Berkeley Power Bait. It's Berkeley. these guys right there. All that. right. I got you. Berkeley Power Baits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Outstanding. And so they've also got that. You know that kind of stink on them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I call it that that porta potty smell that Berkeley yeah. puts on all their baits. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that what that is about, but they they do have that. Um, but yeah, that bait has been really successful for me. I um, I have been fishing. Uh, so let me show you. Let me show you these guys. So Berkeley also came out with an Agent E. Right, and Agent E is basically for those of you who are familiar with this guy. Right, this is the Dark Sleeper. All right, maybe you've heard about that Mega Bass Dark Sleeper. Yes, yes. Well, so that Berkeley came out with their own version called the Agent E. That guy right there. So you look at them side by side. They've got a monofilament wire here instead of a pectoral fin mold that hides the hook. So um, you guys that are watching Chris right now, and you see that he's just to describe those baits for the audio version, but I'm going to tell you your next tournament at Summersville Lake, those are money. So um, the, the mega bass dark sleepers um, are they're fairly affordable. I guess it depends on what you're used to paying for your baits. Uh, but the Agent E's uh, come either two or three to a pack um, for the same price as one of the Mega Bass. And so if you like the Dark Sleeper and you want something with a little bit of scent and for your money to go a little bit farther, definitely check out the Berkeley Agent E. Um, it's something – and I'm, I'm not sponsored by Berkeley or Abu or Pure Fishing or any of those guys. I just uh, – I. I keep an eye on a lot of what bait makers that are making that I can't make. Like I still go buy that stuff because there's, there's a time and a condition for, for a lot of different stuff. 
I think if they go look at your website, it says Paint Outdoors Product Reviewer. And you know, yeah, so I mean, you're just giving an honest opinion of what you think of those yeah. uh, baits from those companies. That, that's outstanding. There, so. There's some absolute trash out there. I know everybody thinks I'm just giving the good stuff right now. Let me let me tell you a bait company that I would say stay away from. And I'm sorry, you're not going to get any sponsor dollars from them. But um, I have tried multiple different types of their baits, and every time I do, it just leaves me pissed off. Stay away from Lunker Hunt, like. It doesn't swim well. It is not versatile. It's it's overpriced. It's made to look like uh, some Savage Gear baits or some of the other um, higher end looking stuff like Live Target baits. Right. But they do not have the performance of that. I I will not buy. Will not ever buy another one of their Lunker Hunt baits. Will not do it. Outstanding. I think that's a great way to uh, end tonight's show, brother. So, Sounds good. Let me know what you want to talk about next week if you're available, and uh, we'll get it posed up. I've I got a couple guys that want to join us. we got Mike McKinstry wants to come on the show with us and, and talk about what he's got going on in his world. And then we got John Fuchs down in Florida. Uh, he, he wants to come on and chat with us one day. So we're going to schedule those guys in the next okay. few weeks and and go but uh always as always man i look for you to lead the way and you, you, you demand total package let us know what we want what we should do and we'll go anyway thanks again man you have a great night we'll cut out of here all right later later all right guys that was chris Payne from Payne outdoors great show tonight again this was episode 20 of season two and we talked about dreamers and doers with a little random chat. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the bottom underneath me there. We have a screen now where the guys have thrown up chat. Um, and then, of course, uh, don't forget, uh, if you have this here, um, if you are on Twitter, please take a moment go look for me at Jr. Um, I just set up tonight Twitter to send out live broadcasts when we're going to do this show. Um, and I post content on there regarding kayak fishing. And I would love to interact with all of you and get more feedback for this show specifically, uh, which is all about kayak fishing. Anyway, um, I think it's time to sign off. Appreciate you guys watching. Look for this uh, on our podcast uh, platforms real soon.